Pantomima pancakes without her syrup. Many of us grew up pouring maple syrup out of an Aunt Jemima bottle, which, for 130 years, advanced a racial stereotype while making hundreds of millions in sweet and certainly ethically sticky profits. But this year, Quaker Oats finally announced that it would change the brand. Pancakes and syrup, that's what Aunt Jemima sold for over 130 years, until today. This rebranding comes in response to what some are calling a reinvigoration of the fight against systemic racism. Issues related to racism and cultural appropriation that groups have been fighting for years have been gaining momentum. And among these groups is the Gullah Geechee Nation. So plenty of time, honey, chillin' in, we never yet, but me and thing like that, but then when honey, yet, we want to eat crack, we deep like this, yet, then you say, great God, what is? So a lot of people have never heard of the Gullah Geechee Nation until they hear one of us speaking on native language, which is Gullah, that you just heard me speaking. That's Queen Quet, the chiefess and head of state for the Gullah Geechee Nation. She has led the nation for 20 years, and in 1999, she became the first Gullah to speak before the United Nations. So the Gullah Geechee Nation exists from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida. It encompasses all of the sea islands in an area called the Low Country, which goes 30 to 35 miles inland to a river called the St. John's River. The people here at Honowita Yeti Krakadeep Silk, the people that live here and speak our language that are of African and indigenous American descent are called Gullah Geechee. And so we have been on these sea islands from the 15 and 1600s until the present time. I also talked to Akua Page, co-founder of Geechee Experience, a millennial-led cultural movement that works to empower the Gullah Geechee community. People think that it's just a culture that's just still like stuck in slavery, which is not. You know, they had kids, you know, we're descendants of Gullah Geechee people and we're still here. And you can even see like our Africanism is still intact. And that's also another thing that people teach us, they taught us in, in school that slavery stripped Africans of like our heritage. You know, we couldn't speak our languages. We couldn't practice any about cultural customs. We're literally like a mixed culture of like different African and Caribbean influences. When you come down here, you're probably going to feel like you in an island somewhere. The Gullah Geechee community in Low Country, South Carolina, has been raising concerns for years about the use of their culture and name by businesses in the region who have no affiliation with the community. What we're finding is that some of these businesses feel like by using a name, they're bring an awareness to the culture and none of these people are descendants of Gullah Geechee. And also that is like a slap in the face because it's like we can bring awareness to our own culture. You know, there's a difference between appreciating and appropriating a culture. You're using our recipes, you're using our name, and you're the only one profiting from it. That's no longer a culture exchange. You're just taking from the culture. Queen Quet feels the same. It is an exploitive practice, so it is not right to then have Gullah Geechee native businesses competing with businesses that are non-Gullah Geechee, but that they're bearing our name just so they can sell it to tourists. With recent protests against systemic racism and the growing support for the Black Lives Matter movement, the fight against this cultural appropriation has been reinvigorated. My name is Marilyn Hemingway, and I am the CEO of the Gullah Geechee Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber released a statement in July that included three direct calls of action as part of their fight against this cultural appropriation. Number one, 
demand individuals and companies to cease and desist the cultural appropriation of the terms Gullah and or Geechee. Number two, boycott companies without transparent Gullah African-American ownership who are... Between these demands, protests, and increased scrutiny by community members, owners of these local Charleston businesses have started listening and have taken the steps to start rebranding. Gola Gourmet posted in a statement that they recognize that their name could be seen as culturally insensitive and that they have plans to rebrand. Geechee Boy Mills said they were going to change to a name that wouldn't cause harm or discomfort to anyone and has rebranded to Marsh Hen Mill. But with these steps to rebrand comes a question. Is it really enough to remediate the cultural appropriation that they've both been a part of for years? We don't feel that the rebranding went far enough, but we appreciate that the first step has at least been made. To me, that's a step in the right direction. Um, but moving forward, I would definitely say they need to, like, just communicate and talk to the people within the actual culture. Because that's also, like, why I was so disrespectful. Like, how are you so far removed from this culture, but you feel, you feel so connected that you can just slap our name on any of your products? The community isn't just fighting cultural appropriation. They're fighting a long history of oppression. As part of this era of remediation and demands for reparations, calls for the removal of symbols like Confederate monuments have come alongside their demands for rebranding by businesses. They fought for the removal of monuments like the John Calhoun statue in Charleston, which has since been taken down. So I'm very happy that the move, the push that has been going on for over a generation to remove these things has been done. The removal of these statues sparks the same question that arises when considering the rebranding of these businesses. Is it enough? Or is there more to be done to remediate harm? I feel like whether you keep the these symbols up or not, I feel like the the work that needs to be done so we can have a, a anti-racist Charleston, that's really the most important thing. Because to me, taking the statue down, that's easy. You know, that's, that's easy work. But if you really want to make progress, you know, so we can really, you know, live together, you need to actually do like structural change. But more than removing the physical monuments, we need to remove the racist monuments in people's minds at this point. So let's dismantle racism in all arenas. This is just, again, a starting point, but there's so many more things that have to come down so that we all can connect to each other.